I'm going to talk to us tonight on the simple topic of Daniel prayed. Daniel prayed. And we can, you can turn in your Bibles to Daniel chapter 1 and hopefully I can communicate what I feel tonight. Daniel chapter 1 and we'll kind of just, just to get a kind of context. Uh, verse 18 we'll read a few scriptures probably to the end of the book the end of the chapter excuse me but Daniel chapter 1 verse 18 now at the end of the days when the king had said that they should be brought in the chief of the eunuchs brought them men before Nebuchadnezzar then the king interviewed them and among them all none was found like Daniel Hananiah Mishael and Azariah Therefore they served before the king in in all matters of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them. He found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers who were in all his realm. Thus Daniel continued until the first year of King Cyrus. Again, I'm going to talk to you about the simple topic of Daniel prayed. Daniel prayed, Lord, we love you. We thank you for what we feel. We thank you for what you're doing. We thank you, Lord, for healing. Thank you for the power of healing. And we stand on the promise, Lord, that you are a healer tonight. We thank you for the presence we feel here tonight. I'm asking God right now that you'd help us, Lord, to glean from your word. Help us, Lord, to receive it as we should. In Jesus' name we pray. To not go through the whole, the whole story tonight, we find where these select few truly would cling to their, they would cling to their um, beliefs and they would cling to who they were, um, taken to Babylon, trained and taught to have a different belief system. Um, as I say it, it kind of sounds. Babylon is being sent to your homes now and being sent to the screens of your children, being sent to our screens as well. We don't realize as we sit and peruse, and I I speak about this often because really it needs to be spoken about. Um, We're being trained how to think and trained how to to perceive things. And the reality is, and, and they'll even tell you the algorithm behind it, which just so you know, that, that, that is a real thing. If you find one thing that you agree with and you like it or you spend time on it, it's going to tell you more about what you agree with in order to keep you on that app or that site for longer. So no matter what, you walk away thinking, no, I'm right. Well, guess what? The other person thinks they're right too. And that's why you have to be careful because you cannot go off of what you find by man's own accord. You have to go off the word of God. And the word of God to be honest with you, let me just be clear, does not talk much about Democrats or Republicans. We talk a lot about it. But in the end, all that's going to be washed away. Amen? So we got to be careful, though. we got to be careful to just, just allow, and I'm not just trying to be political tonight by any means. I'm not trying to do that. But we got to be careful not to be absorbed by those things. Because if we do that, I believe we would miss the cut of what Daniel and these, these men 
were able to get to. They were able to look above it. They were able to see above it. They were able to see farther. The Bible tells us that Daniel, uh, in in this first chapter, the events recorded of Daniel should be a, a, a great encouragement to us. It should be something that we, we reach out and understand that even when our environment is wrong, even when we experience tests and trials, even when we go through hardships, and even when there's questions that arise, even when all these things kind of come up, and I've, I know you and I have been there. We've come out of COVID. We've come out of kind of the craziness of it. And, and we, we, we went through all of that time, and there was lots, lots and lots of questions then at at that time, for me, I was in Northwest Arkansas. We had about 150 or so people at the time. And, and overnight, because we were still really a young church, overnight kind of just went to silence because everyone was scared. Everyone, everyone was concerned. And there was so much going on. And I remember thinking, I don't know how we're going to get through this because we were, like I said, a young church. We were trying our best trying to get through all we were going through, trying to make it through the craziness and all the madness and all the stuff. And then we didn't know exactly how to come back from it. And still, when we came back, not everybody was coming back because of the climate of where we were living and all that was going on. And so I understand what it is to say there's tests and there's trials and, and there's, there's a hard uh, reality at times that you and I have to have that we know that, that, that the... the the, the old saying that he'll never leave you nor forsake you, the scripture that gives us that promise, we sometimes take that and we say, well, that's, that's something we hear all the time, so we push it aside. But you and I have to come to grips with the fact that I still believe he'll never leave me nor forsake me. So the first thing I want you to get, and as someone said not long ago, they said, it's Wednesday night, do you have your slides ready? Of course, I always enjoy having a, a, a couple of slides on a Wednesday night. But even when our God was not to be looked at as an overseer in Babylon, even though there was another rule, help, let me help you understand, where God is not allowed to rule, he overrules. Where God is not allowed to rule, he overrules. He will overrule whatever's taking place in the time if we call on his name. If we call on his name, our, our, our schools, I was in one of them today, our schools are in a tough place. Our businesses at times, we find that they're, they're in a unique place. Society is in a unique place, and we're in the Bible Belt. It's a different place. But let me just tell you real fast, all it takes is one to reach out and call on the name of the Lord. And, and, and the Scripture's given us understanding that where he's not allowed to rule, he will overrule. What does that mean? That means, that means somebody that's going through a tough time and it seems as if your boss is against you. That means that your boss can be for you. Somebody who's going through a tough time and you need a miracle. I, I, I know that it can be spoken by this church as a testimony. Someone who needs a raise. You can, I, I believe that you can give yourself into a raise. Why do I know that? My brother's sitting right here. He gave to his hour. Then he said, you know what? I'm going to give what I want to make in his hour. And guess what he did? When he began to give what he wanted to make in his hour, and his hour, just so you know, we're going to have a refresher at some point, is is something the Lord gave my father that I've got good friends all over the country that use. And I was talking to them not long ago, and they said, we do this thing called his hour. I said, you do his hour? They said, yeah. They said, man, it's been a blessing, a miracle working for a church. And I said, well, do you know where that came from? I was like, my father 
figure that out on my grandfather's couch that my grandfather called a Davenport. That makes no sense, by the way. But he figured, he, 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 God gave that to him, but my brother looked and said, I need a miracle in my life. So what did he do? He went from giving this amount to giving that amount. And after about five, six weeks or whatever it was, his boss called him in there and said, listen, we missed the pay raise for you. We made a mistake. So we're going to give you the raise and we're also going to go back, pay you everything we should have given you for that time. What I'm trying to tell you is where God does not rule. He overrules when the people begin to call on him and they begin to believe in the word of the Lord for themselves. I, I strongly believe that things can change when we begin to pray together. Amen. Let me just stop and tell you, if God's not ruling over your home, go take rule over your home. If God's not ruling over your kids, go speak a word and, and, and unleash the power of the Holy Ghost over your kids. Speak a word. Where God doesn't rule, he overrules. You say, well, they don't want it. Well, you just keep on praying and believing. You keep on trusting God. You keep calling on the name of the Lord. You say, well, it's not that easy. Well, it's better than not doing anything. It's better than giving up. So I'm just going to believe the Lord. You can make a way where there seems to be no way. There's people in here that have seen it. There's people that have experienced it. Just to testify for a moment, a grandchild walked in the doors tonight. Well, God doesn't rule. He overrules, doesn't he? A grandchild walked in as an answer answer to prayer tonight. Amen. God's God's working some things out. God's doing a work. Additionally, we have to understand one thing about this type of experience that Daniel went through. There's something we can learn from it. The second point I want you to gather tonight is that you're either a conformer or a transformer. You're either going to fall in line with the room or you're going to find yourself shifting the room. You can find that oftentimes in life where you, 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 you can almost sense a shift in a moment and really, and I'm not talking about like a, uh, just a church service, but I'm talking about people who decided to transform the environment. But when we look in our Bible, we find people like blind Bartimaeus who, as, as he was passing by, he began to cry out. He decided, blind Bartimaeus decided not to conform to what he was being told to have or what he was being told to deal with, but yet he decided to transform he decided to go beyond himself. The woman with the issue of blood, we can find we're in this moment. And I know we've spent lots of time on it here lately. But as this crowd was moving, thronging Jesus, wanting everything they could from him, we can find where she was not going to conform to the motion of the crowd. And we've got to be careful when we do that. Our, our goal is not to have a herd mentality in this church. Our goal is to seek him together and grow together and desire him together. But all it takes many times in, in a service or an environment is one one person that says, you know what? I want more. I want more. I want more. I want something from him. As he was moving with the crowd and he was going about with the crowd, one person, the Bible says, did not touch him, but touched the hem of his garment. They reached out and got a hold of the bottom of his garment. And when that happened, he said, somebody touched me. And if you would have been there and I would have been there, we would have said, everybody's touching you. The one that you knew over there was walking beside you. 
you, the one annoying person that's always in the crowd that wouldn't get away, they were touching you, that little kid touched you, the, 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 their uncle and aunt touched you, this one was grabbing hold of you. He said, no, I'm not talking about touching me, but I'm talking about reaching out and touching me, not conforming, but transforming, not being like everybody else, but something different. There was a desire. There was a hunger. There was something more. Daniel exemplified this, that everybody else is being trained to eat a certain way and to do things a certain way and to act a certain way. And when trials come and situations arise, many times we fall to the same tactics, even churchgoers. But it takes one person, one person that says, I'm, I'm going to believe in the midst of the storm and I'm going to experience something in the midst of chaos. And I'm going to see something transform. We're either being squeezed into a mold or we're transforming things. Things are shifting. Things change. Things, things all of a sudden become something different. It's, it's amazing to me how when we read about David, it was a big deal that he killed a giant. You ever, you ever, you ever think about this? It was a huge thing that he killed a giant. They walked around marching around. They talked about it. They told, they told everybody about it. But then later on in Chronicles and later on in, the, in, in, in Scripture, we'll find where it will say they were on their way to the 7-Eleven. They killed four giants and they grabbed their Diet Coke and they kept on moving. Yeah. You ever notice that? Yeah. Maybe not those exact words. Pretty close. <laughs> Pretty close. It's like later on it wasn't such a big deal. You ever notice that? All of a sudden, everybody's giant killers after David does it. Why? Because it takes one to transform. It takes one to take one big thing and all of a sudden it not be such a big thing anymore. It takes one to push through and break the four-minute mile and all of a sudden others break the mile. It takes one to push through and what was such a big deal now is normal. You got young people growing up killing giants. You got young people growing up winning their school. You got young people growing up buying vans on their own and saying, I'm bringing kids. You got young people growing up saying, well, that's just what I'm used to. It takes one. It takes one. It takes one. It takes one to be transformed and to transform others and to transform the environment. So it's very, very critical and very, very important that you and I always understand that you, you, we, we cannot find ourselves looking around and thinking, what should I do to fit in? But rather, we should find ourselves saying, what should I do to advance, to reach Him, to, to know Him? To desire him. In, in Daniel chapter 2, let me see here. Make sure I don't miss what I'm looking for here. In Daniel chapter 2, it talks simply about there's a moment where, therefore, Daniel went to Arioch, whom the king had appointed to destroy the wise men of Babylon. He went and said, Thus to him, do not destroy the wise men of Babylon. Take me before the king, and I will tell the king the interpretation. Arioch quickly brought Daniel before the king and said this to him. I have found a man of the captives of Judah who will make known to the king the interpretation. The king answered and said to Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, Are you able to make known to me the dream which I have seen in its interpretation? 
Daniel answered in the presence of the king and said, The secret which the king has demanded, the wise men, the astrologers, the magicians, the soothsayers, cannot declare to the king. But there is a God in heaven who reveals secrets, and he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will be in the latter days. Your dream and the visions of your head upon your bed were these. As for you, O king, thoughts came to your mind while you were in bed about what you would what would come to pass after this. And he who reveals secrets has made known to you what will be. But as for me, he says, this secret has not been revealed to me because I have more wisdom than anyone living, but for our sakes who make known the interpretation to the king and that you know or you may know the thoughts of your heart. You, O king, were watching and behold a great image, this great image whose splendor was excellent. He's going through and he's, he's, he's explaining something that you're leaning on me because of what I know. But let me know. Let me tell you something. This is not what I know because of who I am. It's not what I know because of what's in me. It's not what I know because of this or that. It's because I've decided to allow something to transform the room. I've decided to not fall in line with the soothsayers, with the sorcerers, to not fall in t- line with the, 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 the great things that are going on around us. I, I found myself desiring and wanting more. I wanted to experience more in life. I desire to stay true to who I am. I wanted to have a deep, deep experience with it in my life, and I longed for it. We find that when Daniel was told not to pray, that he prayed anyhow. What I want you to get is you need to always pray first. Always pray first. Always, always, always pray first. Why? Why do I do that? Because in a moment of change, in a moment of shifting in my life, in the moment of, if we can go through, we can go down the list, a moment of uh, some some bad news being told, a moment of questions arising, a moment of uh, a future not being certain, a moment of, 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 Discouragement. We can go. We can, we can go through all of the things. You can pick them all and place them in, in line and match them up and do everything you need to do. Prayer is always the answer. Prayer is always. Why is that? Because when I pray, I make Him bigger, and I realize that this is smaller. When I don't pray, I make this bigger, and I leave Him out of the equation. I place him there. And Daniel did not look and say, this kingdom, the rule that I'm living under is everything. He didn't do that. Why? Because he prayed first every day. They would have said, be quiet, hold off. He prayed probably about noon every day, and then he prayed again. You know, I don't know how long exactly after, but he would have prayed, and, they would have, and, and it would have been easy for Daniel to close the windows, to go and whisper a prayer. I remember when I was in school, I went to uh, the lunchroom, and I had this moment told this story a lot in my travels, but I was sitting with all my friends. We were in the middle of a football season. I'm sitting, Kyle, with like Paul Gerke and Tim Mathis and Isaiah Hookfin, some of these guys were all, were all sitting around, and I was a little bit shy about praying. I didn't always, didn't always have it all figured out. I was a little bit shy about praying about oh, my food, but I remember growing up and being told to pray over your food. And so 
I kind of realized, I looked down at the lunch food and thought, I might need to pray over this food especially. It's probably a good, good time to really get faithful in this whole practice. And <clears throat> I remember sitting down one time, and I'm sitting with some of my friends. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there, and I mean, they knew, they knew that who I was. They, I was a part of RQW at the time, Students for Christ. Now it's really what the Bible Club has turned into. They're doing a whole new thing, but... Anyways, I just kind of was shy about this, so I kind of like sit down and oh, bless this food in Jesus' name. I pray, Amen. And we'd carry on. And I, you know, you've done you've done this before, I'm sure. Maybe I'm the only bad person in the crowd. You've done the yawn prayer. Have ever done the yawn prayer? Could this be real? Anybody ever done it? Am I the only guy? Thank you so much. Anybody ever done the cough prayer? <clears throat> bless in Jesus' name. Amen. Because you're just a little bit shy about who you're around. Anybody ever done that? Jim, I know you've done that, but anybody, <laughs> just kidding. But, but I've, I've done it. I've done it. I've been there. I've been there. You're just kind of shy about it. You're in an environment where no one's praying, really, at school, and there's a lot of conversation. There needs to be some prayer. But I remember sitting down one time, and I got charged up, and I decided, you know what? I'm, I'm done with this. And they're talking. I closed my eyes. Lord, bless my food. I prayed. Bless my friends. Keep your hand upon us. I ask it in Jesus' name, amen. And when I opened my eyes, they went, okay. And they started eating, you know. <clears throat> like the good old Charlie Smith, he always cracks me up. When we're, we're hanging out, working or whatever, he'll say, okay. No, dude, we'll do it your way. <laughs> okay. It's my favorite line by Charlie Smith. Okay. <laughs> I said, well, we better do this. He'd say, okay. That's his way of saying, no, but we're going to go your way. Let's do it. <laughs> But I remember coming in the next day, and they're all talking, and I'm sitting down, and I, Lord, bless this food, I pray in Jesus' name, Lord, keep people, keep my friends safe. I'm asking, touch them, Lord, if you can, help us out, and we ask it in Jesus' name. And they looked, and they were kind of like the look of, you're for real about this, right? We started eating. A few more days passed, kind of like that, and then I remember one day sitting down, and everyone was kind of quiet, everybody's kind of waiting. And I sit down, well, bless this food. And by the way, I'm always late to lunch because I was always trying to, like, work over a teacher for a better grade on the way to lunch. It's kind of being, being honest with you. Miss Rubel's class was there, and I needed a better grade. But anyways, well, bless this food. I pray, touch it. Touch my friends. Keep your hand up on us. Bless our school. Help us get a good win on Friday night. In Jesus' name, I pray. And I heard, amen. And I looked up. And everyone had decided that he's going to pray, we're going to wait, and we're just going to get our food blessed, and we're going to eat together. Here's the thing. I, it's a cute little story. But the reality is, is oftentimes it's that way in life. That your prayer can shift an environment and change an environment if you just would learn to pray first. You know what we often do? I can't believe that happened. I can't believe they said, I can't believe this. I can't believe that. I can't believe all this. And we do that. It's nature, human nature. I do it. You do it. We all do it. I'm, I'm talking to me too tonight. But sometimes I've got to go. And, and, and the reason, again, the reason why is because I cannot always look through this through the lens 
of, of this was personal or the lens of this was that or the lens of everything always is so bad or this always seems to go this way. No, when I stop and I take a minute and I pray, then I look and I get a grander scope. I know I mentioned it, but I want to drive this just for a moment. I get a grander scope of all of it. I take almost a panorama at that moment and I get a whole view of things that I might have missed before. That's me stepping back and saying, God, if there's a wheel that you have in this, if there's a plan that you have in this. Lord, if there's somehow that you're going to work something out, somehow if something's going to make sense that didn't make sense, God, somehow if, if me going through what I'm going through brings them to you. I, as I pray this, God, I remember that you went through a cross. I remember that you went through the scorching. I remember that you were beaten and bruised. I remember that you were sped upon. I remember that you weren't always loved. I remember that now I understand that, that sometimes I'm going to find him in my weakest. Sometimes his grace will be sufficient for me. Sometimes I'll be stronger when I'm weak. Now it makes sense. You don't get there unless you pray. You don't get there unless you look at the word of God. You don't get there if you're doing it your own way. But you get there if you begin to pray the word. Pray the scripture. Pray and understand what Noah felt like. Pray and understand what Abraham felt like. Pray and understand what David felt like. You know why? Because they're clapping you on and saying and you're going to make it too. And you're going to make it too. And you can do it too. You're going to make it. But you've got to learn to pray first. There's not a worse environment than anyone's ever lived in than what Daniel was living in. Daniel was living in an environment that took him, displaced him, ripped every bit of, uh, of his lifestyle apart. He had, to, he had to find a way to live out uh, um, his, his, his beliefs, and yet he sustained himself and rose above those that were working in darkness. And he understood something. He understood the very thing the Lord was trying to teach these kings, that you might cast down rulings, and you might, you might try to find your way to, to squeeze out every everything I am. But one thing you must know is that I am the sovereign one. I am the sovereign one. The Lord was teaching them something and showing something that the Lord, he is the king of kings. And when he has a follower professing him to be king, then that's always going to rise above mainly rule. It's always going to rise above what's being done here in the temporal. We always and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of jumping through this book for a moment, but I want to take a moment here and we talk about it. We refer to it often. But where did this take Daniel? It took him to the den. It took him to the lion's den. It didn't take him to the top right away, it didn't take him to a place. Yeah, he, he obviously had favor because of who he was. But in the end, he found himself in a den. I, I read a little bit about, about the lions in the lion's den, just took a moment and read about it. I didn't know this until recently, but I knew that there were compartments, so there was like a wall, and I'm coming to a close. There was, there was a divide in the den, I did know that, but I didn't understand this part. They would always feed the lion enough to keep it healthy but just enough to keep it hungry. The lion was always ready to devour because there's always a need, always a need for an execution. They always wanted the lion to be ready to go. 
the lion had to quickly move and to devour whatever was there. And so they would, they would drop this divider down in the den. And some would come and they would, they would prepare food on this side and get things ready just enough. And they would climb out and they'd raise the divider up and the lion would move about to the other side. And then they would come and they would take care of whatever needed to take care of on this side. And the lions were on that side. The, 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 the fence was the protection. But just enough to keep you healthy, just enough to keep it alive and wanting more, just enough to create and generate hunger. There's a point where you can be so unhealthy you no longer hunger. And you can't let a lion, a lion can't grow there. It can't get sick like that. It can't, it can't not have the, the drive to go after whatever's there. So the, 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 the keeper's job was to keep it where it always was ready for a meal and it was at its strongest point. Always desiring to devour, always desiring to be hungry, always desiring. The Bible says he's like a, like a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. Why? Because the appetite of a lion is never quite, quite fulfilled. Daniel was thrown down in that pit. They raised the gate, and the lion sat like an obedient dog. Why is that? It's because where the Lord's not allowed to rule, he always overrules. Why is the lion not going after him? I'll tell you why. It's because instead of conforming to one that would be prey, he's transformed to one. The lion can't touch. Why is it different with Daniel? I'll tell you why. Because Daniel learned to pray first. And when you pray first, the lion's not hungry anymore. When you pray first, the appetite is full. When you pray first, you don't look like food. When you pray first, there's no reason why it would want to touch you. And the lion is the king of the beasts. But here's the thing I want you to get. He's the king of kings. And every king bows at the throne of the one true king. What I want you to get right now is there's going to be some lions that walk away. Why? Because we understand what it is to say, Lord, this is not easy. The surroundings are not easy. This is not ideal. Not everything's my way, not everything's what I wanted, not everything's the way I drew it up. But I know one thing, there's nothing that's gonna stop me from following after you. There's nothing that's gonna stop me from loving you. There's nothing that's gonna stop me from, from doing what I know is right. There's nothing that's gonna stop me from, from, from feeling, fulfilling my, my commitments I made in you, God. There's nothing, Lord, I'm asking right now, Lord, let lions sit, let things be pushed aside. I pray, God, I'm asking, let us now begin to see miracles, signs, and wonders. I'm asking, God, in this church, Lord, as we've already seen it tonight, I pray, Lord, let people begin to walk in that we've been praying for for years. I'm asking, God, let families come together. Let lives be mended and, and relationships, Lord. Let them now be fixed and corrected, God. I pray that you do what you desire to do and let us be somebody or let us be a church and a body that knows and understands what it is to seek you first, God. To seek you first, Lord.
stand to your feet tonight. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you will right now, just for a moment, we're, we're, we got a few minutes. Would you close your eyes? If you feel to lift your hands, whatever you feel to do right now. If you feel heavy tonight, you feel tired, could you just take a moment right now and just either, if you need to pray with somebody near you, that's fine. If you need to pray with your spouse or family, that's fine. But I'm asking right now, would you just take a moment personally and pray and say, God, you see what I'm facing, you see what I'm dealing with. Would you do that? Jesus, in your name I pray. Come on, go ahead and lift your voice to him and just talk to him. Whatever you feel to do right now. God, I'm asking it, Lord, have your way.